0: Good morning, everyone. <coughs> now that all the cool Ottawa people are here, we can get started. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, there was a time when everybody was, it uh, seemed like everybody and the brother was moving to Georgia. And then uh, then several years ago, a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of us moved to Baldwin. And uh, uh, Matt Ricely said that uh, it was the new Georgia. <laughs> And, uh, I thought it was awesome, and uh, yeah, well, and then Bob and Heidi moved to town. It was like ah, I don't think Bob can handle this much cool, so so we left. So anyway, Jesus, we just thank you so much for your word, God, for your goodness to us, and God, we are uh, grateful to have this place to gather in your name. and and fellowship with your saints and with you, God, to hear what you have to say to us, God. This morning, that's what we're asking, is that you would plant this Word in our hearts, God. Cause it to grow. God, this is an old old subject that we're going to talk about today, that we've been over and over. And God, yet it's always fresh from your table, God. And that's what we're asking today, God, is that you would prepare this Word and nourish us with it. God, as only you could do. And I bind the carnal mind and the flesh and loose your spirit, God, to do what you want to do in this place today. God, as only you could. In your name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Alright. Go with me to Galatians 5. So if you've not been here on Wednesday nights, you're missing out. usually the people that are here on Sunday morning for Sunday school are like the hardcore here all the time people, so maybe maybe you're not missing out too much. But um, we uh had a really interesting study on Wednesday about about God's expectations for us and, and that kind of thing. And uh and I was just still thinking about it uh while I was studying yesterday and came across Galatians 5, like I said when I was praying, this is an old, old subject that we've been over and over and over, but it's always good to go over them again. After all, it's like if you've had pizza once, that's great, but you want to have it again, right? I wish more people at my house liked Indian food, because I do. And it's like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Uh, oh, how, how about some Indian food again? Okay, never mind, we'll have something else. Finally I have chicken, nuggets, and corn dogs. <laughs> I can tell how old my kids are. Okay. So in verse one, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So he's just spent all this time here uh, leading up to this, establishing the fact that, that Christ has, has set us free. Free from uh, the law being our, uh, uh, our, our righteousness, uh, the way that the, the Jews were looking at it. And, uh, um, and so he's saying, so once you've come to this place where you've been made free in Christ, don't get tangled up again in that same old thing. And uh, the church has done that a lot. It's like, you know, come as you are, you know, uh, just as I am, I come to the altar. And now it's like, uh, uh, you know, but next Sunday you better have all your duckies in a row and have it all together. Um, And it doesn't really work that way. So so he says, don't be entangled again with this yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testified every man that circumcised that he's a debtor to do the whole law. So it's kind of like the old saying about having your cake and eating it too. It's like you can't have it both ways. You can't um, you can't look to your own abilities to obey the word of God or to to keep the law as your righteousness and as uh, as your uh, Take it through the pearly gates, and have the blood of Christ too. You can't have both. And um, and so um, there's been so many doctrines and so many ideas throughout the church, throughout the centuries, about this exact exactly this kind of stuff. It's like, well, you have to, you know, you have to do this, and you have to do that, and, or you know, you don't have to do anything. And uh, what I like about this, this chapter is, is he, he does get into some expectations that he has for us. Just like we were talking about Wednesday night, um, you know, your, your flesh, uh, and your mind, uh, your, your, you know, your carnal nature will, will not necessarily want to cooperate with the, the, uh, the things of God and the things of the Spirit. Um, and, and yet God does have a, an expectation for us. Uh, as far as how we're going to behave, and what we're going to do. But he says here that, that if you are circumcised, if you have thrown your lot in with the keeping of the of the law, then uh, then Christ should profit you nothing because because um, yeah, you're going to have to do it all. And he says Christ has become of no effect to you, whosoever are justified by the law. You're fallen from grace. And we've talked about that a lot around here and how how that phrase is so misused Um, and uh, not just you know even by the church I mean I I grew up hearing stuff like that and it's funny how like when you don't grow up in church and then you you grow up and you learn you read the bible and stuff you're like wow I didn't know that came from the bible like oh wow how about that and uh, uh, some kid was telling me some, you know, thing that Abraham Lincoln said, and I was like, yeah, you know where he got that? From the Bible. (laughs) I'm like, really? Like, yes, indeed he did. So, uh, uh, but so, of course, you know, he says that, you know, we've always, you know, people use the terms fallen from grace to be like, you know, you've fallen out of favor and, and that you're, you know, doing bad and all that kind of stuff. But he says here that Christ is no effect to you if you're justified by the law. So then if your righteousness then comes by what you can do and all that stuff, then uh, then you're outside of, of grace then. In verse 5 he says, We through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. So that's a different... A different kind of idea than than what what, a, what I'm doing, and uh, um, it feels good if you have something that you can point to. That's like, hey, I'm doing this. Uh, this is going right in my life, or uh, you know, God has me doing this, and it makes you feel good, like you have something that um, that you can point to and say, I'm doing okay. You know? And we all know better than that, but it does. It, it's there might as well admit it um, but but what he says here is that uh, it's not about the doing or the not doing it's about faith which works by love and so um, the the love of God uh, is is so vast and it's it's just so much beyond what we can really comprehend and um, it's when, when someone loves you, it's easy to get comfortable with that love and take it for granted and just think that, uh, you know, it's just kind of another day. And then, uh, you know, so hopefully as you, your anniversary with your wife comes up, you remember it coming ahead of time and plan accordingly um, uh, and remind her that, yes, indeed, indeed I, in fact, appreciate uh the, the, the love that we share and stuff like that and uh, um, you know, you're not just my uh, uh, my chef and maid so um, although I like that but um, uh, so but he says that in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision but faith which works by love so uh, so there's this love then that God has for us that that uh gets this stuff done uh, in us and and it it's interesting to put that next to what we talked about last week about uh, about God having pity on his holy name because his people profaned it everywhere they went with their behavior um, and he's like i 'm not doing this for you i 'm doing this for me and uh um, but uh, and but, there really is this this love of God there, you know, and i it's like what it makes me think of is is how when we go places, I tell my children, now, as far as anyone here knows, we are nice, normal people, let's please, please leave them with that impression, and uh, it's like they don't have to know that we're weird, you know it's like just let's leave that under wraps, they're weird too, so um. But he says, "You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth?" This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. So, so he's saying that you know how how would you get tangled up in this sense of uh, this bondage to to the do's and don'ts again? When uh, he's like that, that is not that doesn't come from God. And so he says, "A little leaven leavens the whole lump," because he's establishing. He's been establishing this whole chapter so far that you, as I said, you can't have it both ways. And so your righteousness either comes from Christ or it doesn't, or it comes from what you can do. And uh, you don't have to be a Christian very long to realize that doesn't work so well. Um, So in verse 10 he says, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded. Or the Darby says that you will have no other mind. So no other mind than what Paul's talking about. But he that troubles you shall bear his judgment, Whoever, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For, brethren, you have been called to liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So that's an interesting phrase. Interesting verse there to... To use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, because that's really easy to do, especially surrounded by a, a society that that has so little restraint, and the uh, the church has spent so much time trying to blend in with the world that. Um, you know, if you, uh, if you like a certain type of entertainment, there's probably some kind of designer imposter Christian version for you. It's like, you know, it's like, if you love this band, then you'll love so-and-so. And, you know, it's like, if you like to watch this kind of show, then, you know, you should check out this. And, uh, um, and all that kind of stuff. So, the, um and, and that's not all bad, but the, the church has, the church should have never been like the world. We are supposed to be different than the world. Um, but that sense of blending in, it's, uh, it's like when Jesus said that if salt's lost its savor. It's not good for anything anymore. And I did a little bit of research on that once. Cause he's, you know, I, I thought, how could salt lose its saltiness? I mean, salt is salt, right? Yeah. But if you... Uh, if you store it somewhere where it can be, where it's in contact with the earth, with dirt, it will ruin it. It will ruin the dirt too, but it will ruin the salt. And uh, uh, and so the church has, has lost its saltiness because it is, has tried so much to look like the world. Um, and so... The, that line of what God expects in the church has become more and more blurry and more and more lax uh, as the church has become more and more like the world around us. Um, you know, and, and you see that in the epistles how, how Paul talked to the Corinthians. He had to really explain things to them about what God's expectation was because they were surrounded by such debauchery that seems so normal to them and that's the problem is when you grow up in the united states the things that that you grow up with just seem normal i mean anywhere of course would be like that but you know it's i um, I, I realized that i was getting older because i kept finding myself wanting to say kids today you know it's like the stuff that my kids are interested in or the stuff that they watch on tv or whatever or well of course you know, tv is not really a thing anymore now it's youtube but you know it's like it's a commentary on our society that people can make money playing video games and filming themselves playing video games and jabbering endlessly about it and people will watch it and by people i mean my children and and i think why why and they and you know they have all kinds of explanations for it but they're not here to defend themselves so i'm going to rant about it a little. But, um, but it so um, you know and he talks here about using liberty uh, as an occasion of the flesh he has and he puts that against by love serving one another because of course uh, there are things that, that that you have liberty to do but it's uh, you know if you do those things in front of somebody who doesn't Feel like they have liberty to do that, or doesn't think that anybody has liberty to do that, then it's um, it definitely creates an offense. But this sense of using liberty as an occasion to the flesh is something that the the church has done a great deal of, because Paul said that uh, that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So, it's, and and of course he he immediately refutes that in, in Romans, but. That's not at all what he's talking about. But uh, but the the church, by and large, has has done a great deal of of um, letting the flesh do whatever because, after all, we have grace. So he says here that for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, you know, and the interesting thing about you know, obviously, you know, he's talking about not not offending your neighbor but you know loving them and serving them but uh you know if you if you loved yourself then you would you wouldn't be uh doing things that are destructive to yourself either and and so of course that 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 occasioning of the flesh that he's talking about there would certainly be destructive to your flesh but he says but if you bite and devour one another take heed that you be not consumed one of another you, you would think that Paul had like, you know, kids, like, you know, little kids that fought with each other because it's like trying to keep your kids from carping and arguing at each other is virtually impossible. And uh, it's like, well, just, just don't kill each other, I guess. It's kind of some, uh, once in a while I I just let my kids kind of throw themselves at each other that way. But for the most part, I don't allow that. Anyway, uh, let's see, where am I at? Um, Verse 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So now he's getting down into this sense of, yes, you're not justified by what you do or don't do. You're justified by Christ, but, he said, but there is this expectation then of walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. So, um, So he says the flesh... The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and they're contrary the one to the other that you can't do the things that you wouldn't. So, uh, I like the way the Youngs puts this because it says that the flesh uh, desires contrary to the spirit. That makes a little bit more sense to me in in, in a little more modern English. That The flesh desires contrary to the spirit and the spirit desires contrary to the flesh. And so, we wonder why we're so conflicted sometimes because we have this inside man and this outside man playing this this tug of war. Uh, but he says that if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh; those those desires that that the flesh has that are um, that are not good. So he says, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. And so that's. Uh, a really key thought in this whole sense of of uh, God's expectation for us in light of the law not being our righteousness. Because he says that if you're led by the Spirit, then you don't need the law. You're not under it because if, if you're led by the Spirit, then God will tell you, no, nah, I wouldn't do that. And, uh, or I would go do that. Uh, you know, we. Uh, I I am a I'm a like a compulsive rule follower, and I like directions, and so um, I I like to have like a little checklist. It's like do this, then do this, then do this, then do this, and um, that that's kind of like the law. It's like you know, do this, don't do this, and everything will be grand, and um. Uh, being led by the Spirit, you know, of course, God will talk to you through His Word. That, that voice, you learn it in His Word. But um, when He writes that in your heart, like we talked about last week, when His Word is written in your heart, then uh, you, you come into this place where you're led by the Spirit and you don't have to have something on the outside um, guiding you along to, to do right actions. Uh, they'll, they'll come from the outside. Um, which you know, he said that they that are led by the uh, Spirit of God are the sons of God. So, um, you know, of course, that goes back to that sense of expectation again that God has, because if you have uh, if you have children, then you know they start out these small little fleshy things and. You spend years molding them and squeezing on them and chipping away at them and all that stuff, just like God does with you, just like God does with me. Um, But, uh, you know, and of course I have two sons, but I'm working on making them into sons. Like, I'm working on some character things with my children, and just like God does with us, because... Uh, you can be a child of God and be born of the Spirit, be in His kingdom, and still be on your way towards this place of sonship. And, uh, and what that comes down to is character, is behavior, is uh, does, uh, do I let the Spirit of God lead me? Do I let the Word of God inform my thinking, my decision making? Uh, uh, are my actions based on what the Word of God says and what the Spirit of God leads me to, or um, or am I still carnal and walking like a man? And so, um, you know, uh, I don't even honestly remember what Jordan asked on Wednesday, but we went into this awesome, awesome study on on uh, uh, Romans seven and eight. Ezekiel 36, and uh, I was still geeking out about it and reading it the other night, and uh I was really blessed because um, as you read Romans seven you you see this conflict that that Paul has um about these these uh conflicting desires in him and everything. And uh And when when he changes over to there being no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, he says those that walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. And so that, of course, comes down to this kind of character decision-making sort of place that we're talking about here, about being led by the Spirit and not being under the law. Uh, And so here he goes on to talk about uh all of these these works of the flesh and these works or these these fruits of the spirit um, and uh you know it it's a it makes for an interesting checklist to uh um to compare to uh, because if you find those things in you then then you realize okay then i have something that uh, that ought not to be there does that mean that i'm i'm uh reject and and not on the road to sonship no means that that um i have an issue here that god would uh would point out to me with his word and then he has this expectation of what i'm going to do with that pointing out um no, and it's you know different people have different personalities and deal differently with um, uh, uh, correction, criticism, that sort of thing. Um, uh, uh, my children, for whatever reason, do not deal well with constructive criticism. They they take it as this um, judgment of their character as as having failed, and and I have examined my dealings with them from every angle I could think of and I'm like I don't think it's i'm it's something that I'm saying to them or even the tone that I'm saying it to them in um and so um, we're we're working on that but that's something else that we've talked about here recently is when God points out something to us it doesn't mean that we are you know headed for the island of misfit toys it means that he is Uh, pointing out something that needs changed and that he wants to get rid of it. So uh, so I'm just going to read down through here. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before and have told you in time past. That they which do such things should not inherit the kingdom of God. None of that stuff even sounds fun. You know, that just all sounds bad. <laughs> but it makes for an interesting checklist. It's like, huh? It's like, do I? It's like idolatry, huh? It's like, am I putting something before God? Because it's, you know, it's easy to dismiss that as, do I have like a little stone statue? It's like, no, that's not what we're talking about here. Like, do I put something between me and him? Do I trust in something other than God? And and it's, it's insidious how easy it is to come to that place. And so it's something that, um, uh, that that I've I've had God deal with me about. It's like, hey, you you are more comfortable with that piece of plastic in your wallet than you are with me taking care of you. Ah, so I am. And then and then we deal with the issue. And uh, so, you know, again, when when God points out something to us that he wants to change, that he wants, that he wants to deal with, uh, he's not calling us out as some uh, rejected human being, but as, as, a, as a son, he would bring that correction to us and, and, and deal with us about the issue because a lot of times it doesn't even start out as a correction. It's just, hey, you have this thing here. Let's do something about this thing. Correction doesn't typically happen until you say "nah," <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or you. It's like what? Can't hear you, you know. And then, then you know, God will will begin to speak louder and and deal with it from there. But that's a mercy. That's a wonderful thing that God does. Um, uh, just again, just like Ron said last week, like we, we learn the word "no," like it's like the first word the kids learn. Because they hear it all the time, and um, and it's really cute when they start saying it because they say it the way you say it, like no, like no, no, it's awesome. But young, know, just it's you know, like we talked about last week, like no, is an awfully important word if you are you know three feet tall and headed for a busy street uh, in between all the cars. I would always tell my kids in the parking lot, it's like stay here by me. It's like. You are like this tall. People cannot see you over the cars. So, you know, you need to stay by me. So I would like to take you home. I'd like you to grow up to be taller than the cars. Um, So... uh, But then God gives us this this list here uh, of the the fruits of the Spirit. And um, the great thing about fruit is a tree doesn't necessarily work to produce fruit. It just kind of happens when the tree is nourished properly. Um, And as it grows, it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Um, And of course... The, the the flesh sometimes desires contrary to some of those things. It's like uh I I'd like to bow out of the uh, temperance and long suffering. Like I was talking to my children yesterday about how um you know, we're all like the girl from Charlie and Chocolate Factory. It's like I want it now you know and uh and, and God doesn't always just do things now because, you know, God is not Amazon Prime. And uh, he is not a streaming service, so we ask for things, and we take his him not fulfilling our request instantaneously as a no and and it's simply not that way. I think everybody should be in sales for a little while if you want to get an idea of trying to get an answer out of someone. not that God ignores you or avoids you, but uh um, one of my least favorite things about my job is following up with people. It's like I I've, I've met with them, I've tried to sell them this job and now I'm trying to reach back out to them to get an answer and it's like are they are they getting these messages uh, and are they ignoring them and have they blocked me already and I'm just going into this like digital ether or or what? And uh, um uh, and so it just takes this sense of perseverance. And, and so that's something that we, we often lack in waiting on God for something. So, uh, so that's free. Um, but, he, but again, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against which uh, there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh and the affections and the lust. So if we walk, live in the Spirit, let's also walk in the Spirit. So uh, I, I like how this chapter starts out as like the rallying cry of of every we've got grace, we can do whatever we want kind of Christian to so we've crucified the flesh and its affections and lusts and, and uh, so if we're going to live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit because God has that expectation for us. So I, I really like that uh, transition that he does there. They say that uh, the job of a preacher is to uh, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So <laughs> if you've gone to church here any length of time, you know that works. And, uh, yeah, so so it's a, it's a really great thing that, that God um, is... Putting us on this path to sonship, and uh, and how He gives us a part to play in that with the decisions that we make, and and how we how we choose to walk, and and who uh, you know who do we choose to to nourish up and, and to feed in our life, the the inside man or the outside man. So Jesus, we thank you so much for your word and for your goodness to us. I pray that you would just uh, seal up your word in our hearts, God, and cause it to bear fruit. God, we pray that you would minister in this place today as only you can. God, I just uh, I'm asking for your presence to have perfect preeminence in this place, God. Um, I know sometimes we we uh, come in on Sunday and we're thinking about other things that we have to do, Lord God, and I just I pray that we would. Put all those things aside and 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 focus on on you Lord we're grateful and expect expecting to receive from you today and God, we just pray that you would do in this place today as only you could in the name of Jesus we pray amen. amen.